In today's episode, we have a really interesting guest joining us. Isabel Smith is a nationally recognized integrative registered dietitian, health, and lifestyle expert. She is the founder of Isabel Smith Nutrition, and she is the reason that I was able to make a breakthrough in one of my clients' work. Yes, I did it through an Instagram post that I saw, and she had some vital information on it that helped me understand something that I didn't, prior to seeing her Instagram post, understand what was going on in my client. Isabel and her team work with individuals of all ages, both men and women, with a wide variety of health issues and goals, but she specializes in allergies, hormones, and gut health. Due to her success with helping individuals with allergies, Isabel recently launched a program called The Histamine Solution. It's an online course and group mentorship program to help people suffering with allergies to naturally overcome them. Isabel sits on the expert advisory board of Eat This, Not That and Embody 360. Her expert opinion is often featured in print and online and can be found in sources such as Elle, Mind Body Green, Reader's Digest, Women's Health, Men's Health, and many others. As an advisor, consultant, and brand ambassador for various food and health-minded brands, she's worked with on Husser Bush, Life Extension, Now Foods, Kind, Biota Juice, Caesar Stone, and Leap Her Appliances, just to name a few. I believe and hope that today's episode gives you a deeper understanding of how histamines are affecting your body in ways that we don't normally think of. You might currently think of histamines, if you're familiar with the word, as being a part of our allergic response. So when we get rashes, puffy hands and feet, or our sinuses filled with fluid, all of those we would take maybe Claritin for or Benadryl, and that's a for a histamine response. But as I hope you learned today, our histamines can show up in unique ways, including things that just look like everyday GI symptoms, such as diarrhea. And so I want you to listen to this episode and really think about another thing that might be going on in your body and your health and what you can do to get better. Are you ready? Let's jump in. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel healthy and vibrant again by finding the root cause of our gut health problems. My name's Allison Jordan, marathon runner, functional medicine practitioner, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of the Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for life. If you're ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. Thank you for listening to the Better Belly Podcast. Just a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make changes. 
So guys, welcome to the Better Belly Podcast. And today, as you already know, we are having Isabel Smith onto the podcast. She is a nutritionist. She is an integrative registered dietitian, a health and lifestyle expert. And I follow her on Instagram and she has helped me with a client of mine before we ever met. And so I immediately reached out to Isabel. She's an expert on histamines. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of histamines. You might take an antihistamine if you get like a rash or um, or having an allergic response that's going to be dealing with histamines. But you might not know that histamines can give us lots of reactions other than maybe something in our sinuses or on our skin. And so she's a nutritionist, works with people with allergies and histamine intolerance responses. And I think she's going to be so, so helpful to us in unpackaging what it means and what it could look like to have a histamine problem and a gut health problem and how you even separate the two. So Isabel, just say hi to our listeners today. Oh, happy to be here. This is so fun for me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're so welcome. Guys, when I first met Isabel, it was on Instagram and I had a client of mine who was having a really big turnaround in her health. We'd run some really good labs. We'd found H. pylori in her body. We'd found lots of bacterial overgrowth, not enough uh, and digestive enzymes to help break down her food. Um, she was having lots of problems, including insomnia and, and a lot of pain in her body, um, difficulty, lots of sensitivities to foods and not being sure what to eat. And so when we started working, we found hormones imbalances. She was having PMS pain and difficulties and she was getting better in all these different ways. She was on a really good supplement regimen, had really good. I mean, she's amazing, really followed just lifestyle corrections and was having her sleep was better. Her skin, she'd had like this uh, scalp flaking for a lot of her life. And like um, one of her eyes just had this puffiness around it. Um, she had never even really mentioned it to me as something she wanted to deal with. And so all of this was getting better. And then like, boom, midway through her treatment, she's having chronic diarrhea. And me as a gut health therapist, she it was interesting because she had never had any problems with diarrhea before. And I was racking my brain. What could it be? I was doing research and I came across an Instagram post of Isabel's and it said, you know, some symptoms of histamine intolerance. And one of them was diarrhea. I pulled out my phone, messaged my client and say, take Benadryl. And miraculously the diarrhea stopped. Prior to this exposure, I had never considered histamines as something that could create GI uh, symptoms. And so now my mind was blown and I reached out to Isabel and I was like, Isabel, please talk to us about histamines. <laughs> that is the background <laughs> story, everybody. So Isabel, um, with that, I really wanted everyone to know that initially, but I want you to be able to speak a little bit more. I want you to just first say in your own words, what do you do and who do you do it for? Yeah. So I'm an integrative registered dietitian. Truth be told, I work with clients between ages of five and 95 with actually pretty much anything and everything. However, if you find me on social media, you will say that you will see that I say mostly gut and hormone, lots of allergy work and ADHD. However, the truth is, is that I have clients with kidney transplant, stage four cancer, and pretty much you name it. Um, but I really love helping people with their gut, their hormones, and this allergy scenario that is so often untapped and forgotten, untreated, or tagged as IBS. And that's actually, through my own experience with my own histamine wackiness, kind of how I fell into this hole and discovered that there are so many people that are being labeled as something else, and that through fairly straightforward adjustments 
can find some relief. Now we were talking before Allison about like, you know, why are these things happening in their bodies? And that's really what we have to figure out, but we can make the stuff stop through some pretty straightforward recommendations. So that's a little bit about me (laughs) and a little bit about histamine. I love it. We're going to talk so much more about histamines. I'm actually really proud that you made that succinct, even though you like brushed (laughs) up the fence, what we're going to talk about the whole next hour. So, um, and before we get there, I would love to know what led you to your work. You already mentioned a little bit of your personal story. And if there's anything else that led you to this kind of focus. So I wanted to do this since I was 11. I'm 32. I'll be 33 next month. I, at 11, a woman came in to talk to my class. I've always been like a science brain and, you know, we'd gone through whatever science by fifth grade or sixth grade you go through. And this woman came to speak to my class, um, at a school here in New York. And she was a dietitian. She had had an eating disorder, uh, which happens quite frequently and was discussing how much nutrition has made a huge impact and her healing and how food has really been healing. And I literally, I can remember sitting on the floor because that's what we did at that point, looking up at this woman and being like, wow, like I can heal people through food. I've never even thought about that. And that really was like how it all got started. And then my journey to where I am now, lots of twists and turns, not ups and downs, twists and turns. And um, of course, ups and downs, because it's life, but, you know, kind of just like, it's all evolved. Right. And really, behind the scenes is me just being passionate about the work I do. And then the stuff kind of just happens to be honest. And I feel really grateful for that. And, um, you know, really foundationally, I like to heal people and I like people to feel good in their bodies. And that's really why I do what I do. So as I learn and I evolve, who I work with evolves, how much I'm able to do for them evolves. So I think as practitioners, right, the more we learn, the more we explore, the more we experience, the better we become and able to help each other, you know, help our patients. Yes. I think that's really great what you said. And I know even before we started recording this, we had kind of verbally affirmed to each other, we want to be humble as practitioners and say, Hey, I know a lot. I've helped a lot of people. I don't know everything. Tell me what you know. And I just love how you articulated that, that the more experience we have and the more we move forward in our experiences, education, uh, training with clients that we really get more and more layers on top. And that's how you got your layers of this Mm -hmm. extra focus and nutrition. Also real quick, I wanted to rewind a second because you said you were an integrative. There was a third word there. Uh, Integrative. Okay. So it's registered dietitian. Was the integrative a separate education piece for you? Yeah. Okay. Well, so for me, you know, I am super grateful that my mentors have always been functional integrative. Okay. Always. And so even before I knew what that was, I was being taught this information, following them around. And, you know, I trail, I I counseled people for four years before I even did the dietetic internship at New York Presbyterian. Um, So by the time I got there, I'd had years of being mentored by what was then just dietitians with extra knowledge that I'm sure somebody was calling it functional, but like, what really has been functional for me, it's all I've ever known. So um, yes, I've gone on and done extra coursework and done extra studying, but like, this is the foundation of how I've been treating people since I started. Okay. Interesting. 10 years ago. Right. Cause not every, not every dietitian or nutritionist, and those are actually different. So I'm sorry. I called yeah. you a nutritionist. So no, I call uh, myself a nutritionist all the time. Okay. People know okay. that word. Don't worry okay. about it. 
Sure. Yeah. But they are a different type of training background, but you call yourself integrative. And for our listeners, I know sometimes people, the first time they're listening to this, they're starting to pick up on functional and integrative and maybe holistic. They don't know everything. And I'll share a little bit just for our listeners, what the difference is. If you, um, Isabel, have any thoughts on how you would describe the two? That'll be great. I know it wasn't something that we were planning to do, but so functional is really looking at root cause and not just saying, here's a generally healthy thing to do. Don't eat too much sugar. Don't eat too much carb. But it actually says, why are you experiencing these rashes? Why are you experiencing cravings? Why are you not just using your will to just eat the right thing? So it's functional looking at the root. And then integrative is more bringing in conventional with the alternative look, being able to integrate. That's what I've seen. Yeah. It's for me, it's more like, and I explained this to somebody I spoke with earlier, functional integrative. I use them interchangeably. It's like, we're looking at the whole person, right? Right. We're getting to the root of the problem. You know, I'm recommending to clients to see functional manual therapists and pelvic floor PTs and Reiki and acupuncture. Like I'm thinking about like the whole person and all of the corners of their being, when somebody comes to me um, and really thinking outside the box as to like what's going on and why that's sort of, you know, how I use it. I'm sure that there's like a textbook, you know, example, <laughs> but like, okay. but yeah. like, that's really like, I'm looking at your whole being, your best interest and what might be forgotten or what we might not be addressing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. I love that ground foundation. Just as people are are kind of digging in and and because, yeah, yeah, I love that you said there's functional manual therapists, functional PTs, functional um, where it's looking at how can you, I'm a craniosacral therapist, certified craniosacral therapist myself. I do visceral manipulation as well as this functional lab work and working with lifestyle choices and supplements. But um, they're totally, people come and they think, well, just tell me what to eat. Just tell me what to eat. And you're going to be great at that. You're a dietitian. But also when you get someone who's thinking functionally like yourself, I love that you even say, expect whoever you're working with to say, you might need to go see a chiropractor. You might need, (laughs) there might be some more layers. Food is not the only thing when it comes to gut health. It's not the only thing. Um, What you put in your body is only a small portion of our toxic load and or our ability to detox. It's just a section, a fraction. Well, and we are entirely like how well we detox, right? Like how well we detox equals like who we are, right? Effectively, yes. Why yes. the person who like lives to 95, who takes like really no, no good care of themselves, drinks, smokes, eats crap, has no health problems and lives until 95 without any problems. Their detox pathways are probably stupendous, you know? <laughs> Whereas right. like others of us work really hard to just like keep our bodies well and right. do all the things and still struggle. Yes. Yes. And there's, there's grace for both. Totally. <laughs> but yeah, the, the detox is so great. I love this. Yeah. So uh, Isabel, back onto the, the histamine focus. I would love to hear how did you discover histamines and start working with histamine intolerances? Through my own kaboom, really. Um, so a little background on me. I was on ADD meds for 20 years and um, I had melanoma in 2018. And when at the time when the doctors um, were like, I was like, okay, what do we do for like preventing future ones? You know, how do we do this? They were like, oh, we'll just send you to get really good like pictures and we'll watch the pictures. And I was like, that's lovely, but I'm 30 and I don't think that's going to suffice. So I started doing this like deeper digging and decided I had to get off the ADD meds. And I knew it was going to take me some time to get off of them. It took me a year. But as I started to get off of them about 
four months in and I was, I was tapering super slowly, which you really need to do. And everybody's different, but about four months in, I started to have like anaphylaxis out of nowhere. Uh, meaning my throat was closing. I was getting rashes. I was getting really swollen, um, off of things I was eating all the time, nuts, nut butters for the most part. Um, I was waking up in the morning and my eyes were really hard to open. I was just getting like swollen. And so if I, I started getting off the meds in, in September of 2018, this was January, February of 2019. So I went to an allergist, a functional immunologist that I was lucky to happy to be seeing. And we did a whole allergy panel and I was like anaphylactic to some shellfish, to some, um, peanuts and peanut butter and uh, mildly to almonds. And, and this was like mind blowing to me because this has never happened to me before. I had asthma as a kid, but I never had like these kinds of allergies. I'd had some like random high Venus, like early in my twenties from drinking too much red wine, but like that was different than this, right? <laughs> something was, something was different, right? Like being, yeah. being rubbed down with hydrocortisone at a, at a Super Bowl party when I was 23 because I drank too much red wine. That was like years behind me at this point. I was 31. So um, as things went on, like things got kind of like worse and worse for me. Yes. I was really swollen. Um, I'm still on the meds trying to get off of them and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And so after I finally got off the meds, you know, I was like really like in a tough spot. And at some point herself under her breath, she's like, well, like she could take Dow. And I like, I said, what, what was that? And I said that like, this doctor didn't even tell me to do it, but she like, I heard her whispering it to herself. So I was like, can you repeat that please? <laughs> yes. And so she was like, oh, there's this enzyme called Dow that like may or may not be helpful, which is diamine oxidase, which we'll talk about later. But yes, I started to try it and it helped me, you know? And so once I looked into that, I fell down the rabbit hole of histamines and what the food list is and how it works. And, you know, so I started to kind of like, start digging, do a lot of digging, do a lot of research and found that there were a lot of things that were very helpful for me in at least mitigating for the most part, what I was experiencing, swollenness. The, I never had any GI symptoms because of it. It was mostly like high V, tight throat, tight chest kind of stuff. So along the way, while I was doing this with myself, I like reevaluated about seven patients that I was working on doing other stuff being like, wait a minute, what's happening? Perhaps it's happening for them too. And sure enough, I got a lot of positive response out wow. of many of my clients starting to do this work as well. Wow. So, you know, like moving forward, I, I was better, but I still was like, what's happening inside of me? Why is this happening? I had had a feeling that we had had mold in our walls in a New York City apartment building. This apparently is pretty like common and something that's like not super well discussed, but landlords don't want to deal with it. And so they kind of turn the blind eye. Um, so it turned out that we did have mold in our walls because about a week before we ended up moving a nearby apartment, they were doing renovation and it was black mold city. So I saw it, took a picture and I was like, that's exactly what's been happening for me. Um, but I also had had intestinal worms. I had gut stuff going on and my system was overwhelmed. And, you know, I, I highlight that word overwhelmed because that is really the hallmark of histamine intolerance, right? It's the overwhelmedness that happens in a body that may not be able to break down histamines normally. Right. right. Yes. It's that toxic detoxification system exactly. you're talking about. The body should be able to, we actually create our own Tao. Um, right. And if you don't, you can take some extra right. to, to help with the detoxification. Right. Um, but then the question is, why aren't you making enough? And, or, right. or why are you 
what is is overloading you? What is maybe you have right. enough DA Dow in your system, but then of course, what are you doing? Or why is your cup overflowing? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Why is the cup spilling over? And yes. that's like how I explain it to clients, you know, because everybody breaks down histamine. Everybody ends up interfacing with histamine. Histamine is actually incredibly important, a very important chemical messenger in our bodies yes. and one that is incredibly essential. We don't want to drain ourselves of it, but when it's overflowing, that's when people really run into trouble. And some people have no trouble clearing their histamine pathways. And some people run into a pile of, you know, what? Yeah. You so. know, actually I had an image as you were talking about overflowing. And I think, I think all the time about, about things overflowing and causing symptoms. But when you said it just then, I imagined this toilet overflowing, like the toilet, <laughs> you can put whatever you want in and, it, and it's fine. Yeah. Don't freak out. But if it is overflowing, then you freak out. Then there's a problem. Yeah. So right. uh, yes, then there yeah. is a, you know what? <laughs> yeah. So now I can eat all my things again. I can drink again. I can like, I don't rely on, you know, I don't take any of the things I was taking. I always have a, you know, pile of Dow under my desk. I can take with me if I need it, but I'm completely on the other side of it. I love um, it. So it's been a really interesting journey and I'm grateful for it. You know, we become grateful for all of the journeys we end up on if we can look at it that way, because we always learn something. And for me, it's allowed me to step into a space that was really unanswered and help people. So that's, that's super interesting. And one of the things I was, was interested in hearing from you was on your use of Dow or how you recommend it. Cause what, what on my search when I was like, okay, how do you deal with histamine intolerance and what's going on? And of course you want to decrease the amount of things that are causing a histamine response, but you also want to increase histamine being recycled and, and gotten yeah. rid of. And so you need the DAO, which is for any of our listeners, it's spelled um, the shortened version is DAO. That's why we're calling yeah. it DAO. You can look it up. Yeah. It's a kidney uh, or a porcine kidney extract is usually yeah. where they take it from. And it's interesting to hear you say it's like a backup. It's almost like your yeah. own version. It's it's much gentler than Benadryl or yeah. um, Claritin. Well, that's not even the purpose of it though either. Yeah. Is that it literally helps to break down the histamine. And I explain this to clients all the time, which is like the Benadryl and the OTC Claritin are going to block your receptors from receiving the histamine that your body is trying to send as a message. Your body is saying alert, inflammation, we want a response. And then what we do with these over-the-counter antihistamines is that we literally stop the messenger. So what does your body do? It produces more of it, right? And so I see a lot of people who take all these over-the-counter antihistamines for years, like just flooded with histamines. Yes. And, right? Don't you see that too? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to hear you say that. I, I literally hadn't put two and two together of how the antihistamines are blockers. I, I knew that in my head, but I hadn't had this conversation with myself yet. Um, Cause it's been a conversation I've literally been having between like me and my computer. And what's interesting. And I want another conversation I've been having with my computer. I've been taking a course by Adrian Nolan Smith, who's the founder of Wellbe or get Wellbe. Okay. Uh, and I don't know if you know her at all, but I she don't phenomenal uh, patient advocate is what yeah. she, is like her, her role. And she has created a course um, that I'm doing just to help people understand, especially practitioners, let alone any lay person or someone who wants to be a patient advocate, like how we got to this place with pharmaceuticals, let alone insurance mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. It's a wonderful course, but she was talking about, so DAO or DAO is natural and you can't yeah. patent natural things that are made in nature. You can't make money off of 
it. But you can patent um, anything that's made in a in a building by that's like fake or whatever. And so antihistamines, histamine blockers, you can patent and make money off of, but but you cannot make money off of Dow because it's natural. So this is hitting my head. That's what, actually what I thought when you said that. Why we've never heard of Dow. <laughs> Never, but we know all these antihistamines. You know, and I find, well, and also to answer the question of like, what is Dow? It's produced in your intestine and, and it helps break down the histamine in food. Like that is its purpose. And people who've had like surgeries or like have IBD or which is inflammatory bowel disease or lots yes. of inflammation in their gut will tend to produce less Dow. And genetically, certain people produce less Dow, which could be one of the reasons why you may be having more production of or rather like the histamine lingers for longer, but you also might be having high histamines because you may not be breaking them down, you know, as effectively. So I actually use quercetin for that. Um, I use quercetin because it's a natural antihistamine. Um, And so that will help with like systemic histamines, whereas the Dow is only effective on food. Interesting. And and I haven't come across that information either. Yeah. So I'm going to say that back to you. So the quercetin, because I've seen that I've seen that word floating around. Um, It's systemic. So that's going to be in your blood. It's going to be in your interstitial spaces. It's going to be everywhere. So super, super helpful. And then, but you said it's a, it's a, it's an antihistamine. So it's more of a blocker. No, it actually helps to break down. Oh, it does break it down. Okay. So it's the, it's synonymous to an OTC antihistamine. It just has a completely different, you know, and more effective, Ah. you know, experience. Um, And it's an antioxidant and it's a, it's a biofilm. (laughs) Buster, and it's an anti-cancer, and it's good for your brain. Like it's like and 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 and. and. That's amazing. So. And do you know what it's? Uh, just because I have you on here on the call, I'm sure I could yeah. Google it. But do you know what it's derived from? Is it? It's, it's found in uh, phytonutrient. Yeah. It's found it's in cauliflower and pears and onions and apples and like all sorts of vegetables. But when concentrated, it's a particularly effective histamine breakdown. Love it. And then the Dow is. You take it for when you meals. eat food, right? It's for meals exactly. specifically in your gut. This is Correct. fascinating. I love it. You are you're <laughs> so fun to have on this, Isabel. I'm sure that some of our listeners are like, oh, I actually, I'm going to ask this to you because maybe they're wondering, sure. I'm going to ask it for them. Um, if they're like, oh, I already take Claritin a lot because yeah. I have, you know, allergies from seasonal things or, or yeah. I take it when I randomly get hives, you know, would you say that taking, could they just go and try Dow? Should they just go and try quercetin or should they try and talk to a functional medicine practitioner first? Oh yeah. You're pointing at me. They, you guys can't see yes. She's pointing at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, because I'm not any of your individual dietitians, yes. I always like the boilerplate is that you should always work with somebody. All right. Now that said, it's an option for you to try quercetin, right? Um, do some research on it. I would still suggest you talk to somebody But what it would be is it would be the replacement for the Claritin. Work with somebody on getting you off of the Claritin or the, you know, Walfex or whatever you're taking and do the quercetin instead. Um, You know, I don't have a problem with people taking OTC antihistamines if it's infrequent, right? Because that's really how they're supposed to be used, right? I'm having a cat allergy. Grandma's got a kitten. I'm going to have an allergy attack. I use it on that day. But and like antacids, people take them for like eons, right? And then they wonder why they're super inflamed and why they're super allergic, or in the in the antacid perspective, why they're loaded with any with with reflux, right? Because it doesn't work. These things weren't designed for for long use, right, right? So you know, I always tell people to start with quercetin first, see where they are. The Dow, 
I would still recommend working with somebody. You're going to have a better experience. You, you will be more well-guided. But um, as far as quercetin goes, it's an awesome one as a good antioxidant. As well. Yeah. And one thing that we are about to talk about, um, not right now, but in a moment will be, yeah. um, why, why would you actually struggle with histamine problems? Cause that's not yeah. there for no reason. You did mention, Oh, maybe it's a gene yeah. thing. You know, there yeah. can be, maybe you already have IBD or so something going on in the gut, but really for you, you had mold, you know, you want to deal yeah. with the mold and not just, just always be taking this. I was saying it wrong. Quercetine. Yeah. Yeah. It's a like- However you want to pronounce it. Oh, oh dear. I mean, I only have, it's it's the problem when you only read a word and you don't hear it. (laughs) Especially one that looks like that. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Quercetin. So again, another good reason to work with a practitioner is that especially a functional practitioner of some sort, they're going to help look at what's, what's the root cause, what's actually going on. Why are these histamine responses going on? Okay. So I want to go over something that maybe... I would love for you to just share what are some of the symptoms of histamine intolerance? Because, and the reason I asked this is, of course, I think we have the ones that we're familiar with, like rash, sinuses being clogged. Um, Maybe if you're getting anaphylactic, your throat's closing up. But um, you had a whole list that clearly caught Mm -hmm. my eye on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to just share that verbally right now. If you could just share with us some of the symptoms that come with histamine intolerance. And it's a very mixed bag of symptoms, right? Like one doesn't feel connected to the other, which is why it is so weird. Um, and not everybody experiences all of the symptoms either. Um, some people experience, like I was only having the tight chest and, uh, I was having the tight chest, the insomnia, the restless leg, the anxiety, the swelling. So these are all the ones you could have the swelling. So like I'll, re- I'll refresh, um, could be diarrhea or constipation, could be swelling, could be anxiety, like serious anxiety, could be insomnia, um, could be body heat. I see that a lot. Could be hives, um, could be rashes, could be tight chest, could be migraines and headaches, which is a, one of my favorites. Could be, um, what was the one I was just thinking of that was really, really important that I can't remember at the moment. Um, it'll come to me. Uh, it's a really mixed bag of symptoms and they kind of don't feel like, like each other, but you know, anytime somebody has more than one of them, I immediately think histamines. And usually when I ask somebody other prodding questions, like, do you have any allergies? Do you have seasonal allergies? Do you ever get post-nasal drip? I get a lot of, well, well, yeah, you know, I've only had this allergy for like 10 years. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, sorry to continue. GERD could be one. It's a mixed, it's a mixed bag. The body heat is the one that gives it away the huh. most. Yes. For me, could be temperature dysregulation. A regular period was the one I was thinking about also. Okay. Um, super weird and random list of, of items here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just amazing. You could see, okay, someone has GERD. And, and of course, you're not saying if you have GERD, you have a histamine intolerance no, thing. No. But you could see how you know, someone's got a laundry list of maybe minor stuff. I just can't sleep super well. I've got anxiety. Um, I, I have migraines and headaches and um, and I've GERD. So they're on an acid reducer or proton pump inhibitor. They're taking medication for their migraines. They're going and seeing a psychiatrist for their 
pretty extreme, somewhat random anxiety. And they think maybe it's, maybe they're also seeing a counselor because they're like, yeah, it's pretty crazy and random. And, and I just keep biting at my husband or something. Um, and I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't even list everything here. Um, and they're, they, they could all be connected. And it's just yeah. one of the reasons I so, so, so is like, Isabel, you have to come on because I think as people who are, and I think you went through this too, is people who are trying to be healthy, trying to help others be healthy. We can beat ourselves up and say, I just should stop being anxious. I should stop eating food that's giving me acid reflux. I should just be on this low acid diet and never eat anything acidic ever again. And that's really, it's like, no, we really want to look at what's going on with acid reflux. I'm looking at, I find all the time people have H. pylori. It's like everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. And it is. And often missed by the GI docs who are doing often, their biopsies. Right. That's for another talk. I know. That's another talk. And so just to encourage listeners, like really thinking deeper. And, and I just love what you're sharing here about histamine. And you kind of feel like you've already sort of started with this, but I would love to hear more. Like, how do you help your clients heal from histamine intolerance or histamine buildup? Yeah. So my first with like any, any person who comes to me or like anybody who's in one of my groups, um, I, we've got to squash their symptoms first and foremost, right? Like getting somebody to feel better is my first priority. We'll get to figuring out why it is later, but I want you to not be living the way that you're living. Um, and that's pretty much for anybody who comes my way, who's having like acute symptoms or even long ongoing symptoms is like, let's get you feeling better so that the work can actually be done. So working on like really identifying the things that are making the body most aggravated. And, you know, I know a lot of you guys out there may have heard of the low histamine diet, or by the time you're listening to this point in the podcast, you Googled histamine diet and looked at the list and got, Oh my God, there's so many things on this list. Um, you don't need to follow the full thing. You just need to have somebody help you who can identify what to cut out. So we work with our clients to like cut out, you know, like a few key, um, foods that are making their bodies really angry. And then from there, we start to look at the why we'll do some work with the supplements. We'll help them address environmental stuff, get them exercising because exercise is incredibly helpful at breaking down histamines, sweating, saunas, like helping with the management of the histamines while we're also working on what might be causing it. If I go through my like usual string of things to see like if we can really knock it down and get somebody moving forward and it still doesn't work, then I have them do a stool test because there can actually be overgrowths in the gut that can contribute to histamine overproduction. Yes. Um, And then if that's the case, then we work on the gut stuff. But I don't do that until I work really on the stuff that really can be done very quickly. And people always want to know, well, how quickly can I expect for my symptoms to get better if I work with you? The answer is between two and four weeks. Um, I have people who respond very quickly and everybody feels probably 50 to 60% better within two weeks. And then to get to 70, 80% takes about a couple weeks more. That's awesome. So you squash symptoms, you you identify what's going on, you you get them detoxing better. One thing I you didn't mention um, that I look for in clients is you know are they constipated because oh, well, stool yeah. and passing stool is another detox pathway. Do you find that that's yeah. pretty common that you see clients you're like oh they're constipated or is that not with histamines with everything else? I always make sure people are pooping because it's really key. <laughs> right. But I find I find that they usually actually poop more. The histamine people tend to be moved pooping more. So it's not actually one of the things that is like, I'm usually not needing to recommend any of my like tips and tricks for constipation because they're usually on the other end of the spectrum. 
Okay. And, and I was sitting yeah. there thinking because uh, histamines will more likely cause diarrhea. And even if it's not full diarrhea, you know, what else Oops, is going on? Oops. Right. But yeah. you did. Say, so, okay. That was my thing. Um, but yeah, other than that, other detox pathways. So sweating, yeah. um, making sure that the gut lining is good. You don't have pathogens. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's great. And I mean, you do have a program. Can you tell us a little bit more about sure. it? Sure. Yeah. It brings me so much joy first of all, um, which is just wonderful because, you know, I see people get better so quickly and feel so much better and connect with other group members. And I, and I can resonate with this because I was there at some point, which is, it feels really lonely to be swollen, high V, what all of these symptoms and struggling. And most of the time, doctors have no idea what to do with you. Um, no idea. They look at you like you're crazy. They check your blood work, which can come back completely clean. Mine was in the height of my issues, completely clean. There was nothing showing up in my blood work, but I was really struggling. And so, you know, the group is six weeks long. And in that six weeks, we do like my full sweep of like, you know, food, supplements, environmental stuff, histamine management. And then for people who graduate from the group and are like, we're doing pretty well, we've done a lot better, we're moving on. I have an ongoing group that is not publicized because it's only an option to people who've graduated from programs. But if people at the end of the six weeks need more gut work, then or if I'm thinking that they may need, we may need to do like a stool test to see what's living in there, worms, parasites, other things, then at that point, we will turn them into a one-on-one client or we have a slightly, we have a different option for the ongoing group so they can do that kind of work. Um, but I'd say, so like 70, 75% of the people who come out of their group don't need to do additional gut work. Interesting. Yeah. I love that. And of course, and of course you're going to be drawing people to you who have maybe more, I don't know, for some reason don't have that, but that's interesting because about 95% of people that I work with, you know, very specific gut, you know, tool stuff or lab testing. It's always beneficial. It's, it's always beneficial, but it may not be necessary. And um, just based on their symptoms, you know, like there may be other reasons, like if we turn the focus and realize that there are a lot of other gut issues now that the histamine stuff is better, but they're still not related to histamine, but like other things that need to be addressed. Like, let's say we clean up the histamines and then suddenly they're constipated, right? Or they're super bloated and it doesn't feel to me like histamine, then we might do some more in-depth gut work. But, um, no, the program's really fun. We meet once a week. We've got a great group setting. We track you guys extremely closely. You know, I've got an app that has been branded to my business. We're in there every day, like going back and forth with you guys about like what's going on and what we want to recommend. So actually I tell people all the time that they get more one-on-one support in a group than they even do working with me one-on-one because we're literally yes. on you every day, which yes. I didn't even realize until I started a group. And I was like, whoa, oh. these people get so much more support than, than yes. the one-on-one people. Yes, so. I, I agree. I've been in so many groups, not even necessarily for health, but the, the other members, it's so valuable. And, and you can all have, I don't know how exactly how you structure it, but usually uh, the instructor might be answering other people's questions. You're like, oh, that's a good question. Yeah. And there's just a lot yeah. of good good energy and, and good support systems going on there. So we will provide a link for that program. I think that you have, it's not open enrollment. It comes in. It, it comes, is open enrollment. Oh, it, it, is it is open enrollment. We changed it oh. after the election. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm hearing that, you know, I, I chose to like, kind of like launch it right before the election. And yeah. I heard from people like, 
they really want to do it, but it's not the right time. And I was like, well, I'm planning on doing this anyway. So let's open it for open enrollment. So it is. Okay. So open enrollment guys, that means that you can sign up for this program anytime when this episode is launching, it's probably going to be open enrollment here in January. And it's just going to be all that. And that actually just makes me super happy. So, um, if I had a histamine problem, I'd be joining myself, but (laughs) just sounds like a really wonderful group to be a part of. So Another thing, I kind of want to ask this selfishly. Before we started recording, we started this conversation and we were talking a little bit about my mystery client who had this sudden histamine response in a form I wasn't expecting, which was the diarrhea. So we got her on Benadryl. And I mean, I've been working with her for over a year. Um, we've been doing mainly manual therapy, but then we also yeah. switched to um, doing so doing craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation. Um and she'd been really improving a lot of other areas. Then when COVID hit, we switched to more of this functional medicine, did some lab tests, were able to intelligently switch some stuff in her life, even though she already had had a nutritionist multiple times and just had a chiropractor really was tackling her health and getting things in line. And so it was just, it, t- it sidelined us. We were, we were like, what's going on? And you had said before the call, she's like, well, you have to find like, why is it happening? Um, it, it was already several months into her taking her supplements. It wasn't anything new we had introduced. She literally, I was getting ready to go on a trip. She texted me and was like, emergency, emergency. I'm having diarrhea nonstop. And so can you tell me when you hear that, like, what, what are your questions going through your mind? Or what do you, does that, does that sound familiar to anything that you've heard before? Yeah. You know, these things happen, especially like if you, if you've been treating some gut work and some of the things that you were working on, like have kind of cleared up, it can kind of like open the hole for other things that may also be happening that are maybe masked by other stuff as well. Parasites can often be masked in the gut by yes. other things going on. Parasites tend to be one of the root causes for histamine overload, as well as environmental toxicity or heavy metal toxicity or some kind of toxicity. Questions I always ask when things like that come out of nowhere, like, What's changed? Um, have you been spending more time somewhere else during COVID? The answer is probably no, or maybe it's yes. Um, <laughs> right. And if like everything's kind of like normal, I would, I would order a GI map or like a parasite test, like a specific parasite test and take a look. And if they still have the answer is no, but the diarrhea persists or the histamine experience persists, I would probably treat for, cause there are safe ways to do this. Uh, I would treat for parasites in a way that's like, I uh, use something called mimosa pudica. And um, it ends up being like a gut scrubber and it doesn't kill things, but it paralyzes parasites. So they come out. Um, I should also add, I had intestinal worms during this whole thing. So um, with myself, which they were majorly involved. Um, so I personally used mimosa pudica. Yeah. But, um, you know, or did your dog, did your pet just come back with parasites? Has your dog in the last or a cat in the last six months had worms? Those kinds of things. I would look at like some kind of like environmental toxicity or some kind of like gut parasitic style infection. And you know, it's interesting. We already did a we did a GI map with her initially. Um, and but what I do know is that even when you do a GI map once, if you get rid of it, it's uh, what our listeners, I I don't know if all of our listeners are familiar with this, but you can actually have a a plaque-like substance that's on your teeth. If you guys are familiar with that, you eat candy, bacteria multiply really fast, then you get this hard, crusty stuff, or sometimes it's almost like slimy or fuzzy on your teeth, but that can build up in the gut and it builds up when you have bacteria you don't want. And so they've created little, um, imagine little castles with their boundaries and they're like, no, you shall not pass. And and it, it is actually 
actually literally really hard to break down. So when Isabel was saying that quercetin or quercetin, it breaks down, I'm totally blanking on the word. It's a, I said biofilm disruptor. It's a biofilm disruptor. So, or a biofilm buster, some people call it. So that's what your teeth plaque is. It's biofilm. You get, you can get in your gut too. And you need a very specific types of supplements to break it down. It's not just like, oh, this is an antibiotic or this is a anti- uh, bacterial, whatever you're taking. Yeah. I know some people will take cilantro essential oil or all these things that are healthy, but if you don't have a really good biofilm buster working alongside you, oh, they just hide in their little holes. And so what yeah. I didn't know is that you can create a histamine response when they are still hiding. So, and then when you open them up, as you know, in treating what you treat, when you open up the rabbit hole and you open it up to exposure, then people can experience all the things. So sometimes when we're treating, you know, we end up opening up uh, other stuff that's going on and that could happen. But, you know, I often find that people like forget to tell me that their pets just had worms. So I'll be like, you know, talking to them for some amount of time. They'll be like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. Like, you know, my dog had roundworms last year. And I'm like, what? Uh, Parasites and worms are extremely contagious and they often don't show up on stool testing. So I will, especially with worms, if I really have a hunch that somebody has worms, I'll have them take the stuff. And it's not, I don't use some, anything that's dangerous or like, it's actually quite healthful for the body. Right. So, and I'll have them monitor what, you know, what their poop looks like. And lo and behold, many times we get worms out. Awesome. Well, we're going to, I want to put all these things we've been talking about the, the Dow, the quercetin, and then I don't know what you're saying. So could you actually spell that? And we'll get it in the show notes for our listeners. The, oh, mimosa. the mimosa pudica. Oh, mimosa, um, M-I-M-O-S-A. So like the drink. Mimosa, yep. And then Pudica, P-U-D-I-C-A. All right. But again, I want you guys to work with people on this. Yes. You should not be doing any of this work yourself. Yeah. There's a lot of complications and you want it to work right and you don't want to come back. And I hear a lot of people say, well, I've been trying this supplement, you know, whether it's CoQ10 or whatever. And it's like, well, and I don't feel any better. It's like, but do you know what's actually wrong? Maybe you're estrogen dominant. Maybe your liver's not super loving you. It could be so many things. So she's definitely right, guys. But if you're a researcher kind of like me and you want to know words and look these things up, I'm going to put them in the notes for y'all to check out. Well, Isabel, I, one of the things I love to ask our guests is, especially when we're talking in an area that they have a passion about, if there was one thing you wished everyone knew, like everyone, it'd be so amazing. Everyone would know this about histamine intolerances or allergies. What would it be? That having chronic allergies, seasonal or otherwise is not normal. And Um, I feel like a lot of people tolerate them because it's normal. Everybody gets sneezy around whatever. But when we do this over a long period of time, it can be very inflammatory for the body, right? So if you're feeling like, you know, you neglected the fact that you're really stuffy every morning when you wake up and you've just been living like that, I want you to stop, think about it and reach out for help to somebody. A lot of us can handle this kind of stuff. And you're your doctor, your practitioner that you're already working with, you may not have mentioned it to them because you may think it's normal. It's not normal. It can be having a lot of effects on your body, especially from a long-term perspective. I love that, Isabel. Well, first off, I just think it brings so much hope. I don't think anybody says, I mean, you never, I've never heard a doctor say like, oh, seasonal allergies are like not a thing. And I think it's only these functional practitioners out here that are starting to say periods don't have to be painful. Healthy periods won't be painful. And for you, yours is, you know, you don't need seasonal allergies. Like you don't have to have these things. These are not normal and you can get rid of them. What's interesting in what you said, Isabel, is that 
I have never had seasonal allergies except for one time in my life. It was like when I was in college and I thought maybe it was the city I was living in because it was a different city than I grew up in. But but then it didn't come back. And I was like, okay, so I'm thinking back. I've never thought about that part of my life. And I've always kind of figured like, I don't know, I'm sure something happened. I'm sure something did happen. I couldn't, I was high on histamines. Mm -hmm. Um, I have also thought though that for a long time, whenever I went for runs, I would always just get tons of like sinus drainage and my nose would be running. I did have enough clogging in the morning that it was a huge problem where I, where I was like, I couldn't breathe. But when I ran, I would really notice I just have all this extra sinus fluid going on. And since I've healed my gut, I found out this summer that I had a parasite. Um, blastocystis mm. hominis, super, super, mm. super common. Um, super common. Super common. It's like boring, but it was, yeah. I mean, it was, it was kicking really strong. Um, so I had that and I dealt with it. It was the first time I'd ever done anything biochemical and really looked in my gut and saw what was going on. My sinuses have cleared up and I just kind of figured, yes, it gets rid of toxic load, but it sounds like it was interfering with my histamine, either getting rid of my histamine. Or your immune system or like it just making your immune system less tolerant. And I think I always like to remind people that our bodies should be tolerant, right? Like we should be tolerant. We should be resilient. Yes. And I say to people that like, just because you, we do the histamine work, it doesn't mean you're never going to have a histamine experience. But my goal is that you bounce back more quickly, that you like, you know, pick yourself up and move on more quickly because it's easier. Like it, you bounce back. Yes. That's what the goal is. Yes, that is the goal. We are never, mm-hmm. we're never going to not have a bad day, but we'll be able to get through it faster and quicker. You know, yeah. sometimes in matters of hours rather than weeks. Isabel, thank you so much for being on our show. This has been so wonderful to talk to you. I hope that our listeners are so inspired and just have learned stuff that they've never considered before. And even just how you've made connections of ADD to histamine intolerance and mold toxicity to histamines and our gut health to histamines, IBD to histamines, GERD, migraines. I mean, just so, so wonderful. And and just a really important facet that I know I'm going to continue to see my clients forever very differently because of that one little Instagram post that you're making. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. I mean, amazing. Uh, that's probably the, yeah, almost definitely hands down the biggest change in my life that an Instagram post has made. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Allison. You're so welcome. So fun. Wasn't that interview with Isabel so enlightening? I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. I know I walked away with some new tidbits of information. If you want to connect with Isabel, you can go down to our show notes and check out our links. You can find her on Isabel Smith Nutrition on Instagram, just like myself. Follow her there. You can also check her out on her website and see if you want to join her histamine solution course. We will be providing a link for that in the the notes below. Well, if you love this episode, we have so much more coming down the line. Subscribe so you never miss a single piece of information. And if you love this episode, could you take a screenshot and share it with a friend? I cannot count how many times when I tell someone that I'm a gut health therapist that they say, oh, I know someone who needs you. So if you thought of someone during this episode, send a love note to their gut and do us a favor and pass this podcast along to them. Also, if you have not left a review for this podcast and have enjoyed the content we've brought here, I would so covet and appreciate a rating and review that you would leave in the podcast. 
It is so helpful for other people to see that this is a podcast other people enjoy and have found value in, and it would mean so much for you to share some of your thoughts and things that you've most appreciated about this podcast. Other ways you can stay in the conversation is by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Better Belly Therapies. We love connecting with our listeners, and it means so much if you drop by and said hi. And as a reminder, just my favorite quote and thing to keep in mind as we are growing and healing. Miracles are immediate, but true healing takes time.